All right. Um, so we just want to kind of preface this episode with saying we we do know that we've been having a lot of audio issues lately. Um, a lot of it is due to just some minor issues with the technology and all that. So if you guys just bear with us a little bit longer, um, and a lot of this will be fixed in the upcoming future. So uh, again, we're we are sorry for the issues that we have been having, but they will be fixed um jacob should be getting a mic soon and i'll be back home soon so we'll be able to give you guys the better good quality content as far as um audio uh, shortly so uh thanks again for giving us a listen and i also just want to give a quick shout out to the across the bifrost.com uh pat and tt put that project together and it's great and as well as the sponsors associated with that to include discount games inc and blackgate games um check them out for your mcp needs or any other gaming needs as necessary and we hope you enjoy the show Welcome to the Danger Room, a place to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy and how to level up your game in Marble Crisis Protocol. We will have our Xavier Protocol segment, some hot takes discussing something new and shiny, and our main topic of the week. We would like to begin by thanking you, the listener, for giving us your time to listen to our opinions of the game. On the podcast, we have Jacob, Sploosh, and myself, Dizzard. All right, welcome back to another week of The Danger Room, and this week's going to be pretty much a catch-up episode. Uh, we've been really missing our hot takes, and we're quite a bit behind on them, so this is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be focusing on just catching up on all the hot takes that we've missed so far. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start that after we hit our Xavier Protocols of the Week. Jacob, what do you have for us this week? So I have a really amazing game for you. If any of you didn't catch the final of the Xavier Protocol Invitational, the match of Pat Dumford against uh, Morgan Reed, I strongly, strongly recommend you go and uh, go and watch that. It's up on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, if you want to find it on Twitch in the next couple of weeks before it gets deleted off there, it's on the QTR Quote My Name channel. So I think it's twitch.tv slash quote my name. Um, it was a great, great game, and I'm about to spoil who won it, so skip ahead about 15 seconds from now uh, if you don't want to hear, because you haven't seen it yet. But congratulations to Pat Dunford on pulling out a really close game against Morgan. Fantastic, really amazing game, great competition. Some of the games were better than others, uh, but this one was a real blinder. All right, sweet. Uh, yeah, congrats to Pat. Um, he's won a bunch of these events now what season two season four and your invitational yep so uh what what were you saying earlier hashtag dodge pat <laughs> yeah hashtag dodge pat all right all right so let's go ahead and just get rolling into these hot takes we have a lot to cover and we're going as far back now as starting with domino jacob what do you think of domino Domino is, um, we talked about it briefly in one of the Xavier Protocol sections where I did some maths on her, um, but she's in contention for the best three threat in terms of damage dealing. 
Mm. Um, does one thing and she does it really, really well. Uh, and if you want a three threat character, maybe you want the affiliation she's in X Force or uh, X Men, um, and you want to kill people, she's really good at doing that. So if that's a role you want in your team, I mean, she hasn't got much in the way of she's not super mobile. She's a medium mover. Uh, she's got you know average defenses with uh, you know with her luck factored in, makes it decent. Um, so she's not the best at, like an extract runner. She's she's fine at it, but it's not like what she does. What she does is delete people off the board. Probably probably better than any other three threat. I mean, you've got to talk about Falcon Zemo like we did before, but she's definitely up there. Uh, and the, the big hot take is she makes X Men so much better. Having a core of three just solid X Men characters with Storm with leadership. Beast with uh, a big base to work off the leadership and you know a reliable throw once you've got some power on him. The wild on the 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 non optional wild on his attack is a, is a bit of a shame. But then and then Domino, those three. If I'm if I'm playing X Men, those are my core that I'm building around. Awesome. So yeah, uh, for me, I would say Domino is probably one of my new favorite three threat characters in the game. Uh, like you said, she's massive damage. Uh, and she's like. You read her card and like she plays worse than her card not worse but like like worse for your opponent but she plays way better than her card makes her seem like she plays like you don't realize how often you roll skulls until you're playing with domino and then you're just like wow this is so good and um then her her defensive tech is just super good too you can't blow up your crit against her and she gets to roll skulls as crits if you have the power to do so and um i want to Shout out to Across the Bifrost, because I think their last episode, they actually were talking about Domino and Cable. And something that they were mentioning was um, pre-paying your power for the skulls on her. And I completely agree with that statement. Is it's If you have the power, you should be pre-paying. So say you have a skull, pay two. One for the skull and one for the possible next skull. It's so worth it. Um, I completely agree with their statements on that. Um, but yeah, massive damage. Um, great defensive tech, and you're a guaranteed incinerate if you really want to be throwing grenades. Um, I, I love the character. Probably my new favorite. Fa- probably my new favorite three threat. Um, I play, in my opinion, I place her above Valkyrie and Zemo just because I love Domino as a character, and she's a lot of fun to play on the board. Now, what about you, Sploosh? Yeah, you guys covered it, and we we did talk a bit about this in the X Men episode. Um... You know, there's not much more to say other than the auto incinerate is also quite valuable. Uh, knowing that you're going to get that incinerate almost makes it not feel bad if you don't do any damage. You kind of know, like, certain characters are really going to be sad about it. Like, She-Hulk and Modok come to mind. Um, even even I, I took down a Thanos with her. Um, not obviously in one go, but getting that incinerate on turn one uh, was a big deal. And I think it probably helped in taking him out. So yeah, I, I, you guys covered it pretty well. I think, you know, we do a lot of talking in this game about like, uh, care, you know, a team being sort of objective focused or kill focused, but I do think every team can have a little bit of both just by the way the game functions. You know, there's just like, someone's got to activate first. You might as well make it a character that's good at killing things and uh, somebody's got to activate last. So you might as well have a character that can throw things around. So that's that's sort of the way I've looked at the game more often lately, and the fa- so that that makes it so her her lack of ability to like move characters doesn't feel that bad to me. 
-hmm. and I'm, I'm more than happy to have that sort of super little efficient package. Um, you know, she's not like the greatest killer in the game or anything, but for her costs, you just feel like you're getting what you paid for. Yeah. And defensively, she's not like insane, but you do feel it. Like, like you said, I actually think, I mean, don't get me wrong. The skulls are awesome, but your opponent not spiking on you also feels almost, and maybe it's just in my mind, but it feels almost better. Well, you're <laughs> so not I wrong. I just love, yeah, I just love when my opponent does like double crit or something. I'm like, don't roll crits in, <laughs> you know? But like the, the worst part about it is you have to remind them so often. Like it's almost worse than yeah. Loki because people are used to Loki now. I mean, not everybody. I still have to remind people sometimes of Loki, but like she's new. If you're testing her out and somebody starts rolling crits, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just be crazy here and say maybe X-Men's the most trigger sort of dependent. Like I just feel like when you play X-Men offense, defense, you're always having to be mindful of triggers. Yeah. Um, remembering your cover, playing domino, you just always have to be on top of what your opponent's doing. Um, I mean, it's even it's when she, when someone, she attacks someone too, right? When you, is that right? Or is it just when they attack her? Just when defending. So yeah, when, just when defending. Okay. Yeah. That's, no, it is either. Yeah. Either attack or both. defend. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, heck, if she attacks a Corvus, he might spike a, a skull and you're just like, no, no, no. Uh, just leave it you know so yeah it's there i i mean i don't need to say anymore how much i love playing x-men but like um it is a bit taxing to play because it's just you feel like you always have to be on top of so many little triggers Um, all right you know even just storm i've had people uh forget like literally in one activation i had to say twice like storm has stealth (laughs) you know (laughs) um but anyway uh, go ahead all right. Um, outside of X Force and X Men, where do you guys want to play her? Give me one affiliation. Uh, Cabal's the one that jumps out at me. She just seems great for Cabal. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Cabal. Uh, so I don't... <laughs> probably. I can see. I A4. really haven't. Yeah, I haven't put a lot of thought into it honestly because I just don't get too excited playing A Force. But I do think she's gotta be good in A Force. She just has to be. Yeah. I mean, Black Order maybe if you wanted an alternate three threat. When you're like building off that 15 base and looking for a three to make it to 18, maybe she's good there. Yeah. Yeah, I just like Zemo more. Um, yeah. I can Zemo kind of ex- exponentially grows off of the Thanos added dice um, because of his Master Swordsman. Of course, if you can trigger it, I think that's just too good. You know, giving yeah. Zemo seven dice or maybe even eight dice with his pay spender uh, plus rerolls, it's crazy town. So I mean, the kind of point to that is the more dice you roll, the more skulls you're going to roll. So the more likely she's going to be able to crit in more dice and get more value out of that. So maybe the extra dice are exponentially better for her. I'd have to run some math on that, actually. Good good points, Blush. I do hear you, though, but like the, she's weird. Like She's sort of like starving for power, and then maybe later on she's not. But, mm-hmm. you know, Black Order is very much about like getting all that punish in immediately. I mean- Talking about power and uh, kind of a little foreshadowing of a character we're going to talk about later, Inhumans giving her power might be actually kind of cool. Yeah, maybe early on, and then once she starts flooding, she can start giving yeah. it out to other people. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe on that point, maybe Brotherhood is another good place that has no problem generating power, has an attrition-focused game, and you don't have to have every character having a throw in a Brotherhood roster. Yeah, Fair. so basically we're looking at rosters that give out power so you got cabal uh 
A Force, Inhumans, Brotherhood, Inhumans, A Force, and then Killing with Brother, uh, with yeah, A Force, um, and then um, Killing with Black Order. So some good options, I think, for people that are looking to play Domino. Uh, next, we're gonna move into Amazing Spider-Man, and oh, man, this this guy's been a lot of fun lately. Um, so Jacob, tell us what you think of the new and improved Peter Parker. So when I first looked at the card, I, I read through the card and went, I don't see why this is by threat. And then I realized he was on a 50mm base, which is not written on the card. And that, <laughs> and then I went, it suddenly clicked and I went, oh, that's what it is. And all of the shenanigans that Angela's been up to for the last couple of months, um, he can do too. I mean, he might need a bit of advanced R&D to do some of it, but I think that's the tactics card that was often taken with Web Warriors anyway, where he's mm-hmm. going to see a lot of play. And uh, yeah, a lot of the reasons that Angela is great, uh, he can do a lot of those same tricks. So those those round one plays. Uh, what it really said to me was, Web Warriors have already always been good on a secure, focused game plan. They've got the ability to move people around, move them off secures, and play that control style. What he brings to the affiliation now is you can now play single affiliation Web Warriors and have really strong plays on extracts as well. I guess you could always have done that just by bringing in Angela, but it's nice to have an affiliated option. And it's nice to have kind of the Peter Parker that the fans always wanted. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. Uh, I think it's going to see a lot of play. And I think you've got to, got to think about it and have a plan for it because you're going to see this a lot once it releases. Yeah, I like I said when introducing him, um, I have been in love with the new and improved Peter. He's just been amazing. Um, he doesn't really look that much of a beater, but he can actually really pack a punch, especially if you're playing hammers. Um, and like you said with Angela, like he's basically playing the wait, same wait, game. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me, he's better with a hammer? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, everybody's better with a hammer, but like he just turns it up even more, in my opinion. Especially if you're doing the webline kicks, you're getting another die on top of it. Um, so I, I really enjoy playing him on hammers. Uh, specifically, I've been my X Force testing. I've been I really liked him in X Force because uh, he loves that reroll too. So it just turns part up of that potential. isn't just the hammer, right? It, part of that's yeah. because the hammer is like in the middle, and somebody has to go get it, and then he can go yes. pick on them. Well, He's that's really that's good the, at that. That's the next thing too is if you really wanted to, you could really play the Angel play that she plays in Asgard, where she runs up and then Rainbow Bridges if she really wants to uh, run up long move Rainbow Bridge. He could with R and D or let's say in Avengers, he could run up, grab a hammer, lawn move, and then do a web swing. Um, and just be completely out of dodge. Like I was loving doing that, where I'd set up hard one flank and Peter by himself on another. He just run up, take the hammer, and then my opponent now has one to two people on the outside flank that's going to take him a whole turn just to get to the other side of the board. Um, sure, they can go for the secure, but at that point, I I'm up on extracts almost guaranteed. Um, it's just he's so much fun to play with, so maneuverable. Like Jacob said, I think he turns up web warriors. I think. I, I think he's going to make Web Warriors the top tier affiliation um, just because I, I I really enjoy playing with him and I think he really adds to their game. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy him so much and I can't wait for him to come out. Uh, all right, so Amazing Spider-Man. He's pretty damn cool. Uh... Wait, hang on, Sploosh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but we, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you some breaking news. In a tragic turn of events, it's our sad and solemn duty to have to report a loss in our community. Hired Muscle has been killed. Some would say murdered. 
As this shock ripples across the community, people will naturally have questions, questions they want answered. Firstly among them, who is responsible for this Chartermicide? One individual that is currently wanted for questioning in relation to these events is Dave Utility Cookie Dan Auden. We can only assume this is a false name for, as we all know, Auden means not at all in Greek. We reached out to Dave, if that is his real name, and he gave us a few words on the situation. He told us, I am super happy. Mistakes were made. I would have liked it sooner. Those are direct quotes that I think speak for themselves. <laughs> oh man, that was very timely. <laughs> because I got to say, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, you know, he's a great character, but like Angel having two power on turn one, it was kind of a big deal when you have Hired Muscle. But hey, Hired Muscle's apparently dead now. Uh, so... Now we can all focus on Amazing Spider-Man and play this game a totally different way. Uh, you know, because without the need for hired muscles in the game, you have still cubes, spiders, Montesi, hammers, uh, all these really fun extracts to uh, utilize Mr. Amazing Spider-Man. I haven't really put much thought into it. I'm sure people will, trying to combo Spider-Man and Angel in the same list. But, uh, you know... This, Angela, I, I think Angela was a meta breaker. I mean, her existence uh, has changed the game. Uh, watching uh, the uh, Xavier Protocol Invitational, I got a bit of a chuckle. Actually, um, Jacob and I both did a broadcast of um, Pat and Travis, uh, like, I want to say like a week ago. And I did put that up on my YouTube and you can, you can find it. I'll give it to you if you message me on Discord or whatever if you haven't seen it. But it's a pretty good game. But I just couldn't help but laugh when Pat, the current champion, uh, picked Angela first out of 15 characters. And I was like, huh, that's cool. And then his first ban on Travis's side was Angela. <laughs> I was like, okay, this guy's making a statement. He feels Angela's pretty good here. They were playing on Montessi. And as I just mentioned, Montessi's strong for Angela. And the reason I mention all this is because Amazing Spider-Man is basically kind of like Angela, I don't want to say 2.0, but definitely a, a variation on the same mini. And I mean, we could sit here and argue. I don't think it's, there's a point at the moment to say like which one's better or whatever, but I will say that with the death of Hired Muscle, uh, stocks are up on Amazing Spider-Man because with Hired Muscle, you had to pay the power to use Hired Muscle, then you had to pay a power to pick up whatever it is you're grabbing. You don't need to worry about that extra power now. An amazing Spider-Man can just grab. Um, I don't know what, if there's like more combos too with him. I mean, with, with like Lockjaw and Inhumans and I don't know, playing them in Avengers. I and mean, we could go on and on at like combos that maybe we haven't been unlocked that maybe we'll start noticing in the future. I, I, I just, like I said, stocks are up on amazing Spider-Man. I think we're going to see him pretty much all the time in this game. Uh, he, It'll be really interesting, too, to see if he just flat-out replaces Angela. I mean, obviously, there's reasons to play Angela regardless, like if you're going to play Asgard. But you could see, like, Web Warriors playing him and Angela, and you could see Asgard play Angela and Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, it can get kind of nutty. Um, even though the turn one hired muscle plays are finally gone from this game, uh, turn one plays are not gone, you know? And so you're still going to see probably people leaning into harder in the future into getting advantages through cubes and spiders and Montessi. And I'm sure I'm missing some, you know, um, uh, what do you, as far as the character, it's not much 
like his his uh web swing generates a lot of power it should anyway he's rolling seven dice range three um if you can get it off turn one that's optimal and i think people are going to try to make that happen uh like rnd is going to be a more popular card probably it's already been it's really always been a very strong card but i, I think rnd stocks are going to be up too especially since uh people's top you know eight tactics cards are going to have some openings uh starting now and uh i think rnd and spider-man are going to kind of go together to you know maybe not always use it on turn one but if your opponent does something kind of silly uh maybe spider-man can really bring some hurt um, yeah, I just yeah. I also want to also just want to add though is like they really did a really good job of like nailing this character down for like who he is. Like his triggers are just awesome. Like just like picturing him like zipping across and like punching person, and then jumping into another person, and then hitting back over to somebody and throwing somebody at somebody else, like or throwing something at somebody with his web swings. Um, I just I, I think they capture the character to a T with his abilities in this card. Yeah, and people hate on the corset Spider-Man a lot, but you've got to remember that the corset is an entry-level product, and the characters in it can't be can't have the complexity budget that the expansion character is going to have. So I think it's understandable that the corset Spider-Man doesn't do all the whistles and bells that this one does. Yeah, I mean let's so let's, I, let's talk about that real quick. Like, um, imagine if we had this Spider-Man in the corset, like the game like would not have been the same like at all like everybody be playing this guy <laughs> like uh, he would have been too powerful almost at that point um like yeah this is the spider-man that everybody wanted but like i think we got the spider-man we needed with the corset hmm. uh, yeah you guys want to talk about his leadership a little bit because we haven't even touched on that <laughs> well i'll right. just say like you, you guys bring up complexity i I find him pretty complex. Like, I honestly, I've played against him a little bit. I mean, not a lot, but I've had, a, like, Dizzard played him against me. His cards are crazy. Like, I still, like, have to read momentum every time I see it. It's just like, wait, okay, so what's this now? It's range two, range one of this. And then he's got catch, which is full of words. And, and his leadership is a bit wacky, too. Um, and it's like you have to put a slow, and then after the slow, then you can remove the slow. But then is the slow another attack? Um, I, I haven't played against him as a leader either. I don't know if either of you have. No. I have not played with him no. or so you... against him as a leader. Yeah. So this will be the hottest of takes for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, Those are the best takes, though. They really are. I mean, let's just let's be crazy and say, what do you, I mean, I know you want to talk about the leadership, but first of all, are we taking this leadership? Like, we have to address that, right? I think there's definitely situations where you take it. Um, uh, I think where you want to, it feels like, uh, I know there's some people out there exploring more broadly web warriors and maybe Amazing Spider-Man helps with that because he's, he's got decent survivability. He's got good basic uh, defenses. He's got re-rolls on all, all of his dice. He's got six health rather than five. That's a real quality of life improvement. It's much better. Um, so the people kind of looking at it and going, well, maybe I can punch a bit better. Uh, and I think Miles's leadership is going to lend itself better to those to those attrition focused ones where you want to stay in the fight better. I think his strikes me as a more scenario focused because mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're using two characters on a point. So we're thinking maybe like a, a B scenario where you often have two characters in one place. 
that can happen quite often, especially with the maneuverability of the uh, of the web warriors. And you're saying, right, well, that character that's activated, one of my guys is going to go and slow them, and then another of my guys is going to go and then move them off the point. So his leadership ability is uh, based on, like, you have to be within range two to trigger it, which a lot of the spiders have like range three attacks. So most likely it's a situation where you're both contesting something that it's relevant. Um, but then you also are slowing first. So it's not like instant. It's not like an instant profit as far as gaining VPs. And the slow is probably least relevant when you're both contesting something. So you I think you're saying? forgetting something, Sploosh, and that's something you're forgetting is all webbed up. Because all webbed up hands out slows. Yeah. And I mean, a lot I'll... of the time, people don't clear the slow, especially if maybe uh, you've activated with a character nearby and they're like, well, I'm not going to take the extra dice damage because that character's activated or they've already punched me. They didn't manage to kill me. So now I'm fine. I'll just take my two actions and like do some revenge. Um, and then all it takes is for an a character to sweep in. Uh, spend power and suddenly they're off the point. Yeah, I mean, all all webbed up stocks are up too, and that card was already pretty good, darn good, and now it's just even better. Um, it's worth mentioning too that a character mini is bigger than an extract, so it's basically impossible to prevent someone from getting removed from the extract or a secure, um, unless there's some wacky thing going on with terrain. But you know, even then, I find that unlikely but possible um so you the idea is you're going to always be able mostly always be able to push someone off of something with this ability um it does cost power web warriors are a little bit starved all the time so that's interesting uh you know in comparison to like miles who's kind of like giving you sort of a free resource right um you're spending power to do this um and it's Technically, like two power, right? Because like one, you're paying one power to slow them, and then another character is paying a power to use that ability. Can you use it in the same turn? Can you like attack once, slow, attack again, move them? Is that how that works? Uh, no, it's once no, it's per once, turn. Once, once per turn. But you can okay. uh, spend for all webbed up and then move them. Fair. And all webbed up doesn't require you to be the active character, right? Or do you have to be the active character for all webbed up? If I remember uh, correctly, no, you, you can don't spend have it off any be. character. It's an active card, but it doesn't have to be the active character that spends the power. Yeah. yeah, it says a web warrior character may spend. So that's it kind of combos. I mean, if somebody's been hurt, they can use it for you. Uh, all webbed up is range three. This is range two. So you can kind of do things like that, right? Yeah. So um, I, I just, I'm not sure. Um, I like the consistency of defensive rerolls, but. There's definitely going to be games where, like, your opponents may be playing um, more controlly, and you want to just be the aggressor in that game. So you'd want to do this instead. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe too, just the fact you can slow characters. You know, like being able to slow like Black Panther or something uh, is relevant when slowing Modok probably isn't as exciting. I guess moving him is kind of cool, but. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I feel like other people, I, I'll need to see them succeed for me to be convinced in either way. I, I liked Miles a lot when I played him. And I, I personally would be leaning more towards the profit of Miles than this leadership. Yeah. I definitely think he adds to Web Warriors, but I feel like you take Miles more often than you take Peters. 
Yeah, I, I also think that. Agree with you there. I, I think that there is. I think it's going to be around about fifty-fifty. I think it's going to be once we once we've fitted in. I feel like there's going to be certain situations where you want Miles's, and there's going to be a lot of situation where Peters is the right tool. So I'm going to I'm going to respectfully disagree, and I reckon about about even, maybe even slightly leaning towards uh, towards Peter. <laughs> you say a lot of reasons. Like, what's just like an example? You know, like what's the situation where you're like, well, okay, this is obvious that you would want to do it this way. Um, so, like any D scenario. So, mm. on a D scenario, you're fighting one-on-one -on -one battles, and one-on-one -on -one battles, it's quite unusual for a character to just straight take someone out. So that kind of like attrition-focused, uh, attrition-focused sort of uh, leadership that you get from Miles, which helps you with the attrition game. Whereas, imagine. We've got four one-on-one, -on -one for whatever reason, we're playing four characters each, and we've got one character on each of the D scenarios. In, like, round three, I spend a power on each of my guys and slow all your guys. That's going to prevent you moving around those D-shaped scenarios. And then round four, if you haven't cleared that slow, I'm going to activate maybe after you, and I'm going to move you off so I make sure I score the point, even if I'm injured. Uh, the only thing is I actually never played D scenarios like that. I... Maybe other people do though. I'm I'm not gonna try to say I'm the only I am I'm the only one that knows how to play D and everyone else is doing it wrong. But I tend to look at D scenarios as like I have two points and you have two points. They just happen to be shaped in a diamond formation. Yeah. Sure. But then if you want to transition between those points, not moving slow is kind of big. And so yeah. by slowing them, you're either making them move slow twice or shake to clear the slow and only move once. So yeah, it reminds does, me it, it takes the, the maneuverability that Web Warriors already have and it amplifies it. It does remind me um, when Sooner lost in the cut, I think season, it was season three, um, the Web Warrior player was doing an incredible amount of rotations. Um, and kind of like how the game was starting and how the game ended, it was just completely different. It was like characters were going all over the place. They'd start in the far left and they'd end up on the far right, you know? So yeah. I could see that argument of like if both t players are playing a very heavy amount of rotations, just leaving a slow on someone and saying bye, uh, it can be pretty frustrating. I mean, you could just take out a whole activation. It's not an action. It's just just power. I think it's super strong. And Web Warriors already liked D-shaped scenarios. They were already playing them. They were already advantaged in them. And I think this takes that advantage and really ramps it up. It's going to make them quite oppressive to play on D scenarios, I think. Yeah. And, and when you look at it like that, it's not an action for you, but it is an action to remove it for them. So sure. you're basically getting like free staggers or they just sit there doing nothing. Um, and then you can uh, direct your force to where you need it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you do have to be range two of that person, which... Sure, but uh, on you know. D, you're nearly always in range two of someone because you're standing on a point because that's why you're over there. It's pretty mm -hmm. rare for someone not to be standing on a point. I mean, maybe you've got like... Um, there's a cool thing you can do where Shuri stands in the middle of the board and can like range five nearly all the, all the points on D. That's quite fun. But... Uh, most of the time, on a D-shaped crisis, uh, once all the extracts have been picked up, people congregate to one of those four points. So you're going to be within two. If you're contesting, you're within two. Yeah. Well, uh, I will just redirect this a little bit and just say the fact that we're even talking about Amazing Spider-Man unaffiliated is because he's really good. I mean, this is how the game is right now, right? I mean, if, you, if you're good affiliated, that's great. I mean, Domino's great affiliated and probably decent to great um, unaffiliated. But Amazing Spider-Man, it's just like, 
really good on affiliate. <laughs> I mean, that that's how that's like, isn't that like the greatest compliment you could pay to a character? I mean, it, right. If you if you look at a bunch of characters, you say that one right there, that guy is amazing unaffiliated. It's like, I don't even know if there's a better compliment because it means they're better and worthy over a lot of other characters. I mean, wh- what are yeah. we even at? We're probably at like 80 characters. Um, so that puts you in a really high tier place. Um, do so we want to just like hey, go ahead? Yeah, leaning on from that, then which affiliation? You got one affiliation, same question we did for Domino. Which one affiliation yeah. are you really keen to take Amazing Spider-Man in? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm, I, and weirdly enough, it feels similar in that like I want to say Inhumans is I, I, I think he could be there really happily. Um, really, like it goes back to power. Uh, this guy wants power. And even so Avengers or A-Force or, you know, Brotherhood. I mean, well, you know, just... Do you think he's going to be affiliated for Avengers? Because I, I think he will. I think he will. No, because the reason they said um, the OG Spider-Man wasn't affiliated was because he's young. Yeah. And this is the amazing Spider-Man. He's not young anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I would say 100% he's an Avenger. That's my guess, yeah. Which he's going to be amazing in Avengers. Do we know if he's a defender? That is actually maybe I'd be a willing, question. I'd be willing to say yes. Because w- would older Spider-Man? I, I don't know the comics well enough. Would older Spider-Man be a defender or an Avenger? Like, did he like transition or something? Uh, you know, I don't know how that works. It's possible, mm. but I I could see. I, I think it's pretty. Both. Yeah, I think it's pretty likely he's a defender. Yeah, and okay. I think there's some really fun play there. Uh, um, for me, uh, I, I can totally see Defenders is a fun one, actually, because uh, him jumping through a portal, there's all sorts of shenanigans you can get up to. I was already sort of starting to experiment with Angela. Uh, and I've seen some other people doing that, too, Angela going through a portal. Uh, so that's fun, and it really opens up your build options in Defenders. But the one that I think I would like to try him in is under Storm's leadership in X-Men. You've got strength on strength with just extra, extra, extra movement shenanigans. And he's another one of those big bases that we love uh, leaping off. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't heard, uh, the listeners, if they haven't heard the X-Men episode that we did, I think we did a really good job on it. But also, you may remember in there, I said, if Hired Muscle ever gets banned, and then that happened, uh, (laughs) I would probably put Amazing Spider-Man in and I would take Angela out. So, well, we didn't have to wait very long, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) It happened. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see because the only thing Angela was really doing was having two power. But at this point, who cares? Um, you could have him jump off a character and in X Men and you've do got the ability to just go, well, I don't need. Yeah. yeah. And uh, with first class, you don't need two power on round one. And after that, you're probably not going to generate enough power from attacks or from being punched or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, Without like doing any testing, because I really didn't bother testing of Spider-Man and X-Men yet, because I just wanted to see, you know, it just wasn't relevant at the time. Uh, and I, maybe I, I was being negative, but I didn't foresee a banning coming anytime soon. I honestly thought we'd be waiting another like six months. Um, yeah, that was a but, surprise. <laughs> yeah, so you know, uh, just hot taking it hard. Um, I would probably <laughs> not um, make Spider-Man pick things up. Uh, I would play him to, to do other things. And mm-hmm. a lot of that would be so I'd have web swing online as soon as possible. Um, I mean, oh, man. that being said, cover I mean, his, well, man, cover on. 
Yeah, and, and you know, um, obviously cover plus full rerolls is insane, and he's not affected by um, the mystic stuff. But and, and going back to what you said, him in defenders, could you imagine him with six dice uh, and full rerolls? Like, hello, uh, <laughs> give me some of that. Yeah, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to what we said about Zemo and Black Order. Like, when you give a character full rerolls, adding dice is just so much better, you know. Um, I can't say enough about how fun it is to give Zemo like seven dice and then say I can reroll as many as I want. It's just that's a good time. It's annoying. you know, and so <laughs> you you imagine like Spider Man even getting like dice from Cable in X Men. I mean, that could be a good time. Yeah. So uh, uh, and yeah. yeah, Cable plus Dodge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was honestly thinking while we were talking, um, Storm, Cable, Spider Man's only thirteen points. Um, so sure. that's that's honestly a pretty decent core for a thirteen. Yeah, throw another three in there. You mm-hmm. get like sixteen. Beast in there for He's sixteen. Okay. So domino. Sure, beast. domino. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. throw domino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that sounds pretty fun to play with. Um, I think we should move on to Mysterio. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, sure. Jacob, start us off with Mysterio. So Mysterio is just loads of fun uh, for you. He's not a lot of fun for your opponent. That's that's my hot take. Is just every oh, time you try and do stuff to Mysterio, like wait, do I need to read his card again? He's just got so many things going on. Uh, I mean, let's start with stealth. Stealth's really good. Yeah. Uh, then he's got smoke and mirrors, so he's got the whole enchantress thing going on. So he's going to have five defense dice, and uh, <laughs> then you got tricks and traps. So when you're moving towards him to get inside his stealth range, then he blows you up. I mean, I think maybe that. <laughs> a bit of a trap sometimes because you're going to blow them up and give them power just before they're about to attack you so now they have got the power to get through your smoke and mirrors so i think you need to use that judiciously and maybe you only use that when they've already got enough power to pay to get through your smoke and mirrors so they've already got two on them um because otherwise you're gonna find yourself going ah do you know what that was a big mistake and fall into one of your own traps um, but uh, having uh, the big thing he's bringing is he's a three threat character with mystic attacks. And, uh, we've seen them on Hella at four, but we haven't seen any cheaper characters. I mean, outside of like switching to uh, attack types in defenders, we haven't seen cheap characters that can do mystic attacks yet. So I think that's big. And they're good mystic attacks. Yeah, let me, I want to interrupt yeah. you, Jacob, real quick, just to get some out there. Because uh, I actually recorded Dizzard and I playing. I, maybe I should put it on YouTube so people can watch it. But I played the entire game playing Mysterio wrong. And I want to help people not do what I did. Um, so with his tricks and traps, it says uh, when the enemy character ends a movement. And like, okay, what is a movement? It turns out like everything's a movement. Um I had like a judge point this out to me. He was watching the game live. And uh, he, I even have a picture from the rule book where basically, uh, I mean, to sum it up, it says there are several ways for a character to move, which is an advance, a climb, a throw, a push, and a place, which is like kind of basically everything. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah. what, well, the reason it was tripping me up is I was playing against, uh, I was playing Mysterio against Cable and Amazing Spider Man. And like, uh, you know, um, Cable places when he does his teleport. So I was like, oh, darn, that doesn't count. And then, like, Spider-Man was web-lining in. I was like, oh, that doesn't count. And then it actually does count. So yeah. totally keep that in mind. 
Yeah. The other thing to think about is Goblin does not work that way, and that's what we were getting it mixed up with. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, and they're in the same affiliation, so it's easy to like kind of get confused there, and that's where I got confused, and I just should have read the card more. <laughs> and just while we're helping people out, a really fun interaction, one that often gets glossed over, is when you've got Angela trying to punch Mysterio. Uh, when she does her Xiphos Sword of the Stars, then she has to place herself within two. And a lot of the time people go, no, she's fine where she is. She's not going to place. She does actually place herself back where she is. And so you can trigger tricks and traps with the power you just got from being punched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe escape. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you were saying tricks and traps gives you power, but the whole point of tricks and traps is to, like, either move out of range two because they're that kind of character or to move out of range three uh, because you have stealth. Yep. Right. So that's that's I mean, the real gem there. I mean, that came up uh, to talk on well, that. Uh, Spooch and I played another game after that one game where I was playing Mysterio, and it put him in probably one of the worst spots. Like the end of the game, he's like, "If I move up, you trigger tricks and traps, I die. But I need to shoot you, but I can't see you. If you move up, you just move me into you and kill me." <laughs> um, I, I forgot. I, I ended up with you winning. So yeah, no, you're right. It, yeah, because it was like really late in the game. It was like literally last turn, and like all my characters were at like one health or like needed to like go after you or, or the characters that were like the best choice to go after you were like the wrong choice because then it would have moved Mysterio in a way that gets him closer to the person you were trying to hunt down. Yeah. So it was like if I went after Mysterio, I would help Mysterio kill the other character that I don't want dead. And if I use the character to a different character to protect the character that he wants to kill, then they like might just die before they even get to do anything. Yeah. Uh, and and it put you cl- it would have put you closer to objectives that I didn't want you to have. So it was like Mysterio. Like uh, I honestly, Jacob, I love what you said. You're like it's really fun when you're playing him. <laughs> when really I was is. playing Mysterio, I was having such a good time. And then when I was playing against Dizzer's Mysterio, I was like constantly tortured. I was like, what the hell? Like, there's literally like no, like I was playing like, for example, Baron Zemo. And I was like, there's literally like no move I can do that's like good here. Like, it's like I charge in, he can like move away. I use the range three thing. He can move towards this other character that's like annoying me. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Like, this sucks. Or, or if I try to do range three on him, he could move uh, and add into the stealth. So, I have no target at that point. So, uh, Mysterio is a good old time if you're playing. I, I think he's really cool. It's like, I just got to say, he's one of the coolest new characters, and I, I love so much he, that he even exists. Yeah. Um, um, one more thing I do want to note with him is his hypnosis gas is it's the trigger for the move is you have to deal damage on four dice. Um, I did see someone testing him out one day and they thought that is like they just got it every single time. Uh, so make sure you're getting that damage before you just get moved by him because that could be real nasty if he does it because that means he can move you closer to him, which means he could trigger tricks, trips and traps. Um, so make sure you're, you're paying attention to that. He has to deal so I guess damage. The same question we've been asking: Which uh, affiliations you want to play Mysterio in? All of them. <laughs> uh, he's just fun to play. He's fun to play. Uh, but where he benefits the most, um, I really don't know. Um, 
I could see him. Like, he he could actually be like an easily like a splash character, just because he's really just neat and he's not really a utility. He's just that annoying piece that you don't want to see across the table, and that could be enough in itself. Just so like I'm gonna throw Mysterio in here. He's a three threat, and he's just gonna be this annoying, most annoying little guy, and he's gonna make the game just absolute torture for my opponent. Um, and I think that's just fun. Uh, so I can see him really fitting anywhere you really wanted to. As far as benefit-wise, again, power issues. Um, so probably in humans, A-Force, uh, Cabal. Oh, Cabal would be pretty fun with him. Um, I don't yeah. know. I thought I spelled it. You're very often going to get nothing. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's not an offensive character. What I think... Maybe you, Dizzard, I think he needs to be in Criminal Syndicate. Like, I think affiliated Criminal Syndicate so would that's, be. I mean, we've talked to you and I great. talked about this, whereas, like, when we were playing, I was like, he'd be amazing in Syndicate. I just don't see him being affiliated for it. If he is, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I don't know the lore on this stuff. I mean, but, he might not be. I mean, I could see him being pretty good in Syndicate, though. Even out, out of affiliation, he might be worth taking. Um, just because he's he's got that stealth, like he's gonna be survivable. Just yeah. because, like people see the one one five and they're like, oh, I don't want to play someone with one defense. Like it's not gonna come up as often as you think that he's actually rolling one defense. Your opponent has to be hunting him down in order to get that. And typically, if the person's gonna be hunting him down, it's gonna have to be with the range four or five attack. Because once they get inside that three, if you have the power for tricks and traps, which you should, if you're playing Mysteria, you should always leave two power on you, so you can always get away um it's 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 just like you should leave two power on you so you can always get away otherwise that's how you're gonna lose him um is it three yeah three yeah yeah three so to try try and leave three power on him so that way he has an opportunity to get away well, early he doesn't early. have as much power issues because of his blanks shenanigans that's true that's true uh he even can gain power off tricks and traps yeah <laughs> so uh which frequently happens He's just fun. Um, He's so much fun to play, and I, I, I again, I, 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 and I'm going back to this, but I think he'd be fun in any affiliation, to be completely honest, just because he'd be that torture piece. Well, I, I can't agree with that because he's not a good killer. That's like his one weakness. His, um, <laughs> his gas is kind of very mediocre, and mm -hmm. the current call is actually sweet, and you'll actually use it a lot more than you realize because again, he the blanks give him power, which is pretty sweet. Um. But like all that being said, his ability to kill things is not like no, dominant. no, it, it's not um, really there. But he's like I, I feel like people are gonna think that he's an easy kill, and they're like, well, I'm gonna go take this guy out real quick and easy. Especially if they're playing like Black Order, I'm gonna try and take this guy out so I can get a victory point for it for Thanos. Um, and then they're gonna be deeply disappointed with how difficult he can actually be to kill. He is easy to kill very early. Yeah, he early, doesn't early. have any power. Yeah. He he, you could just move up. I mean, granted. It shouldn't you the if you're playing Mysterio, you shouldn't be allowing this scenario to happen. But if you can get him like right next to like let's just say Corvus, and then he's he's got no power, and then Corvus oh, yeah, then slices his face, yeah, then he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> and then the next turn, Corvus just activates ends him because he has no escape once you're there. His whole thing yeah. is like, I'm gonna keep you away from me, and then you know delay the game. But like if you if you allow that one scenario to happen, it's bad. Um, oh. Let me let me yeah. spin this round for a minute and maybe go a bit because we said he's a lot of fun, but is he actually good? Because we've said he doesn't deal a great amount of damage. So if you've got an attrition focused team, he's not going to help you out that much. 
Uh, he equally doesn't have great displacement tools. The only way of displacing characters is on his spender. If he does damage and they're size two or less, then he can throw them. Yeah. So what is his role? And in what kind of team do you see needing a character like Mysterio? Well, it's Syndicate. It really is. He wants to stand on something and just be better than you by existing. And yeah. if he can move you with the gas, that's like more of a bonus than, than anything. You know? I think... I think um, if, yeah, with I Syndicate, think, hold on. With Syndicate 2, it makes more sense that you use traps, you get moved away, and then at the like late late in an activation, you move you just move them back on, you know, the the spot. So that's and and he also, and I've said this with Enchantress, any character that has this like pay power hit me thing wants games to go pretty quickly. So he wants to win in and pretty rapidly. I and so he might be like okay in like a Wakanda or a Web Warrior style. Um, that's that's a thing. I just the thing is like Syndicate's so much more obvious because you literally profit by standing somewhere. Yep. You know, I, I can see him in Wakanda because you've got that reroll to try and hit that damage on his pass and then get the advance. But that's true. I mean, Shuri just does it better. Yeah. Well, obviously you'd want to play Shuri and him. You know. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah. he. Got the, yeah, hmm. I don't know. I can see why you might try him there, but I think there's better options at three. It comes back to the fact that most characters in this game are only good when they're in their affiliation. I mean, that's just, yeah. a, that's just a fact. Well, I mean, so, like, like that's what, is it? so, I mean, we, we just talked about, Spider, about how Spider Man's, like, amazing. Um, but yeah. I will say, I do think Mysterio's, like, magic place is foes believe it or not just because he's probably the person that benefits the most from that leadership ability um just because being able to reroll a defense yeah, die yeah. on his yeah. builder like help. he he definitely benefits the most from that ability and he's probably gonna be the person that has the power to spend for it every single turn yeah. um so that, i do hey. think he fits best in foes foes just needs drop off like foes needs drop off to make green goblin great again well uh, or maybe they need uh, a fourth threat beta <laughs> like lizard <laughs> or a like rhino college. or uh, i guess we can roll into it <laughs> all right yeah, that, uh that was me trying to do a natural segue there well, and, uh, you're, you're not there right. uh, hold up i'm gonna destroy your segue because I, I we do it is <laughs> it is unfortunate because honestly we're we're just not talking about foes that much because truly and we've repeated this even in the last episode foes just doesn't feel finished um i mean so like I, the game they lost drop off and they don't have their own affiliated card. Yeah. So it's just really awkward for them. So and, and I I don't I I have a bit of a bone to pick with the designers on like this idea that like the foes leadership is so good that they're going to give everybody four dice. Um Except it's cards. I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm just, I, this might be more of a Jacob thing, but like is four dice plus the foes leadership worth like five dice? Kind of like normal five dice, you know. I mean, it's it's a bit better than five dice, but you're paying a power for it, so it's is it better? Well, but I, I mean, mean, but here's the thing: if you didn't if you pay just a pretend power, you have that power, then maybe it is, then, and but that's it's like, great. If you didn't have to pay that power, then that leadership would be busted. Like it really would. Or but if they had to justify all the four dice builders that we're seeing, so you're, like, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, but. I just want to say um, the games that Splution that I were talking about earlier was us kind of testing foes to see if Mysterio and Carnage made them playable um, in a competitive scene. And I think our conclusion was 
closer, but not yet. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but like, it definitely it definitely improves your gameplay tenfold. Uh, absolutely does. But they're just still not quite there. You did win a game with Spider Foes, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, win. I got a little lucky at the end. Your your Spider Man just decided to hit me like once out of like something ten, like crazy, like dice, eighteen yeah. dice or something. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. it was like three. Yeah, you remember? You did like yeah. two jumps, and you had X Force leadership. It wasn't. It was bad. Completely me, whiffed but... against Goblin. I think it was. Um, but I they they are better. Um, they just need. They need, they need, they need, they need, they need drop off. If imagine Goblin dropping off Carnage, which now I think we can segue into Carnage. I would word it as they need <laughs> special delivery or something like it. But yeah, like, I get your yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, like they need like a, a an affiliation specific drop off or just like something cool that like lets them do something crazy that really sets the stage for them. Uh, because I do think that they're, they're late to the show, in my opinion, when they're playing. They're just late to the show. Um, and that's what Drop-Off did for them. It let them get into the game earlier and actually build power earlier so they yeah. had more use of their leadership ability um, and were able to get and do things. Which, Carnage getting... If, if they did have Drop-Off still, I think they'd be busted because getting Carnage dropped off makes him even better than he already is. Which, now we're going to talk about Carnage. And I'm going to lead off Carnage because, oh my god, this character is hot bananas for me right now. Um, people are so down on it and I do not understand why. Yes, we'll talk about the fact that he is a 5-1-1 defense and he just crumbles to energy. But here is the thing. If your energy shot does not take him down, you are going to regret it and you are going to lose half of your team in a turn. Um, as if you if you don't think about Carnage being on the board. Um, I've tested him quite a bit, to be honest. This is a, I guess, not so much prediction, but a me actually trying him out but he reliably dazes at least two characters a turn if you let him um so real quick biggest thing is carnage is you cannot group up if you group up you will lose your whole entire team um because he just will eat people alive because the thing to think about is sadistically says during the next attack action and that means maximum carnage is a nine die attack against everybody that's within range two. Um, and that's huge. On top of getting a wild hit trigger rampage, doing one damage to each person inside that area two, including the person you just hit. So he just puts out massive amounts of damage. And if you don't take him out, which seven health is quite a bit to take through, even if he is only rolling one die. Um, I've seen him take two energy shots from a cable and live, um, which I don't think is severely above average. I think it's right about average. It's he should be taking six with one die. Jacob can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but he, he typically actually lives um, unless the person spikes. Um, and then he doesn't li he lives you're sitting on six to seven power if unless you can r&d to him which comes into the secret tech that i've been hinting at so much to people lately is pollution i built a pretty nasty inhumans list utilizing carnage um because the whole point is to feed carnage a bunch of power as well as utilizing um enchanters and lockjaw for a standby field dressing if your opponent does take him out with energy so then you just save Carnage for last activation every single turn. If he dies, you field dressing him. And then 
later on if he dies again you have last minute save with lockjaw to bring him back up so he's just the the super killer threat that just never dies in this game um and he's just gonna be regular yeah. race i think the best activation i had with carnage is he dazed four people and then i had priority the next round still because um the person was playing super wide and then turned around and ko'd two of those people before he went out yeah i think if you ignore all you've got which is becoming going to become less relevant now it's restricted he's probably the best person to field dressing at the beginning of an activation because if he does daze someone then you get all your health back yeah exactly it's like it's kind of like what you kind of hope venom would do but i think math shows that like actually that's not how it works right like i mean obviously venom can spike but realistically venom probably heals like two or something um on just one attack where carnage is just kind of can go in like super ultra heal mode um i don't know if busy you said it um or if i heard you wrong but Maximum Carnage is the trigger, five power, and then the, it's Rampage is each attack is resolved, deal one to each other enemy character within two of this character. So the character you're hitting doesn't take the extra damage, but everyone else around Carnage takes extra damage. Which, but it's also, um, it's also an area yeah. two attack, and so you're saying you're getting a nine dice attack against everyone within area two, and then you've got the option with nine dice to hit this uh, what wild hit trigger. Yeah, and the rampage thing. Dude, the first time uh, this was used against me, I I seriously thought it. There's no way this could be true. <laughs> it's like, there's no way what you're saying right now is real. Um, I read the card. I was like, how? What? Are you kidding me right now? It was just like you know, you go nuts with Glee, and then Carnage is like it was like my I had like Corvus and all kinds of random stuff. And like Corvus has invulnerability, but it doesn't matter because just one damage. But then it's like one damage over and over again. Um, and suddenly, like see my seemingly very healthy character went down to like one health left after this crazy AOE attack. Um, yeah, it's like you said, it's a it's an area two around Carnage, and then anytime Carnage gets the wild hit, which should happen often, especially if you can get it up to nine dice. I mean, basically, every time you attack, you you might realistically feel like you're going to get that little AOE spike. And let's just say, I don't know, it's three characters. That's two free damage. It's sort of mostly unmitigatable unless you're, you know, a select few characters like Thanos and Crossbones spending power or something. Um, it really adds up quick. It's it's insane. And that's just one attack, too. I mean, he can do more. And... He, uh, I don't. Do you have anything else you want to say about them? Because we the tactics cards are super relevant too, right? Like you have, I, what I like to do with Carnage. Um, everybody's gonna play him probably a little bit different, but my like key play is Lockjaw teleports Carnage up, and at that point, if your opponent has moved anybody up towards the center of the board, Carnage can hit them right there with his range three. Uh, but what's even better is he has his tactic card. Um, oh, what's the name of it? Oh, I don't know. I don't have the name of it, but the one where he spins four and any character within range four, he makes them move short, which brings them within range three. He takes an attack on them. So you got your five die physical, um, maybe boosted if you have a boost or a reroll if you have a reroll near you. And you land to the person. Typically, I like to target somebody who I think 
can possibly go down so a weaker character that just happens to be within range four pull them in attack if i don't kill them there then i use my first action to do another attack typically that will take out that person it'll daze them which lets you be able to trigger uh paint the town red which you get your short move and typically if you've dazed somebody at that point you have enough for uh, sadistically and you can either do another symbiote attack or if you really built power and you're playing like this inhumans trick which is why i'm doing this in inhumans is you really flood him with power and you get your your uh tactic card attack build back up your power your first symbiote action uh which builds up more power paint the town red sadistically maximum carnage all on round one um and it's absolutely brutal um sometimes you might just save it for round two because it's more likely to go off but if your opponent has improper positioning you can really pull it off round one and it's just fun to do and it is absolutely brutal and you kind of feel bad because you dazed half their team if not more round one um and if you have you're not gonna have priority at that point except for the fact that you typically try to save carnage for last so you might actually still have priority um, which is even worse because you start round one just KOing people. Um, so he's just a lot of fun. Uh, if you really just want to like feel what it's like to have a team that has a really good chance of KOing people and taking your other team out by destroying them by round three, he's a really good fit for it, in my opinion. So his tactic card is really, really good. His other one that you can spend a root. Um, I'd almost rather just take Groot for root if I really wanted to root somebody or bringing loki for the loki tax um the card's decent it i could see people wanting to play it but i think his doing attack card is just better it's if it's like one or the other i'm gonna take the pay for to pull somebody in and do attack on them because it just plays into what carnage wants to do anyways which is going to be feeding his paint the town red which is feeding his sadistically which is feeding his maximum carnage um it's just really just getting that momentum going for him the issue with carnage is if any of his dice whiff out uh he's a completely dice reliant character if any of his dice whiff out you just feel completely underperformed with him um at which i think blue saw that one time uh where he just did absolutely nothing the turn and it was sad <laughs> so um, would, would you say that maybe a decent comparison might be wolverine uh on a more extreme level yeah yeah like so I, I i i would say yeah, Wolverine, but on to the extreme. Way more highs than Wolverine. Yeah, and Wolverine can spike is the best of what I do, but this is like a whole nother level of spiking. <laughs> I mean, this is like, oh, I just healed for full, and I have seven full, you know, health, and yeah, you, you oh, did... I got to move and do another attack and just kill a whole nother character. Like, there's a lot going on with him that's kind yeah. of nutty. Yeah, his and then some some games you're gonna roll bad, and he's just gonna die, and you're like, well, that was a good character to add to my team. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like when you're playing Carnage, you're definitely playing the risk. Um, like if your opponent has a spike and you, then it's energy. Like you're just bye bye Carnage. Uh, which again comes back to this inhuman list of playing field dressing and last minute save. Is it's all about bringing every single possibility to bring Carnage back up. Yeah, you're investing a lot into one character, but this one character really carries the team a whole lot and i had one game where carnage was dead round two and the rest of the team really kind of like held their own um but it was definitely missing like its centerpiece 
um, so to say. Uh, but he, and in my opinion, I think that's how Carnage is probably needing to be played if you want to play that hyper aggressive game. Is he needs to be looked at as that centerpiece that you're doing everything you can to keep going. Which is why, like, Inhumans feeding him all the power, field dressings for Carnage, last minute saves for Carnage, Lockjaw is Carnage's personal teleporter. <laughs> like, pretty much the whole entire list is built around Carnage. And I do think that that's kind of how you have to play this character is build your list around Carnage. Yeah, and I mean, if people do have energy or mystic attacks, that's great. But not everyone does. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of physical attacks out there right now um you know just even characters like medusa and things like that you know that just they, they attack with physical and he's got five physical defense which is crazy brotherhood at the minute he's great into the throws as well mm. oh yeah and five dice when people throw things at you <laughs> it's pretty I mean, solid it, right I mean, it's it's still dice i had somebody throw a size three no it was a size one at me and i rolled all fails and it was the one damage he needed to take me out um Ugh. yeah so <laughs> still dice i mean these yeah, dice on both dice. ends yeah uh, um, that's that's the thing you got to realize when you're playing a character like carnage is he like you're playing a dice game um and that's i mean that's mcp at its core is it is a dice game yeah you can make your lists that aren't dice reliant like dash guard wakanda wave um stuff like that but carnage is the exact opposite you are playing to the will of the dice um, and you're either going to have, like Jacob said, you're either going to have a great game or you're going to have, well, that was a great four, four threat spent. <laughs> so, yeah, we've all been there. I've had some wacky dice situations that still don't, they, they almost just don't even make sense. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, that's interesting. I mean, I imagine, have you played against, or have you played carnage into like Eddie Brock? Cause he has arch nemesis. So, so far I have not found anybody willing to play venom into carnage um i don't, I don't <laughs> I mean, blame them not that they get a choice when you're selecting your characters but you just yeah. haven't run into it well i i would say uh, some i would say here is some counter tech though that i have found uh, especially my the list that i'm playing specifically is i do not like um spiders or like cubes like those those five extracts they're absolutely terrible uh for me just because I don't want to be going around and picking up extracts. So basically a fast scoring extract is going to be great against probably a list that is built around supporting mm-hmm. carnage because you're focused on giving carnage your power. You're focused on keeping him alive and you're focused on trying to murder things, uh, not picking up extracts. And you really can't play that game with spiders or cubes because no matter how many people you're taking out a turn, uh, the points are just going to swallow you and you can't keep up. You can't kill faster than they can score. Yep. Makes sense. If you've got a nutrition focused team, play a snow, snow, play a snow yep. crisis. Mm-hmm. Snow? Slow. Where's it <laughs> snow. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, I do, I, you know, we're mentioning dice, but I, you know, when he does attack Eddie Brock, you can even reroll skulls. It's all yeah. dice. Um, I mean, I imagine that's uh, got to be pretty brutal. No, you uh, can't reroll skulls. Uh, uh, on Arch Nemesis? Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, uh, oh, without, you can. With Arch Nemesis, you can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah got, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. got Arch Nemesis, Eddie Brock, <laughs> reroll all your dice. Um but it's just yeah he's he'd be brutal into eddie and it'd be fun to see but no i have not taken carnage into eddie yet uh i'm impressed I mean, that you managed to get four power for his tactics card uh, on turn one that's 
it's so aggressive with inhumans it's extremely reliable like you're gonna get it especially if you save him for last because you're just feeding him the power yeah i mean you could probably do everything you just said on turn two as well right yeah or you know and then you i kind of get the vibe of what you're saying too is you're like killing activated characters on the the first go Mm -hmm. and then that holds your priority for the next run, and then you're killing the dazed or yeah, the dazed side characters. Yeah. Uh, which then you're gonna lose priority, but at that point you've you've kind of did what you wanted to do. Right? Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I ran into issues with was oh, who was it? Um, it was Cookie. I'm pretty sure it was Cookie. Uh, he was playing his Guardians list, um, and he was playing seven Guardians and the only or six Guardians and Okoye. So. He, sure. like, it, it made it really, really hard because, yeah, I had Carnage to go last, but he still had two characters to go after me. Um, yeah, I passed. No, he had one character because I passed, I passed one turn because I had Lockjaw go first just so I can get set up. Um, but he definitely had activations after I did, and it really hurt the game plan because, yeah, Carnage did his thing and he took out a bunch of characters, but then um, he just went through and deleted carnage that was a game i lost carnage round two um and he, it was it was it was hard yeah didn't you end up misplaying something there anyway like yeah forgetting? i i misplayed enchantress um because she auto gains a power on her yeah. basic attack and that that hurt I, me that game it's weird because you on one hand uh guardians has a lot of energy and maybe kind of just scared of that but on the other hand there's so much food for him to eat but yeah you know. it was it was definitely fun um but it's it's definitely a risky move uh, going into that, and same thing with X Force. When I was shadow boxing him, I played a lot of X Force against him, um, and I don't know if it's just me, but every single time Cable would shoot him, I would whiff my dice. Like I'd, Cable would get like two hits, and like, and Carnage would be rolling crits. I was just like, wow, cool. Okay, this is, this is not how this should be happening right now, but okay. Um, but yeah, he's. I would say like people I've, I've seen a lot of comments on the internet and discord and all the other stuff saying that carnage is not good because of his defenses. Um, I would implore people to try him out, um, play a hyper aggressive with him because I think that's the only way to play him. I don't think he's worth the points if you don't play him hyper aggressive. Um, but you also have to support him if that's how you're playing him. Uh, but give him a try before you just say he's not that great. Um, because I think he is being completely undervalued, especially with hired muscle gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets a little philosophical, but like I think people overvalue defensive dice too. And I haven't tried him in X Men, but I think it's also hilarious that with his one defensive die, it's like, well, that's cover. Well, that's yeah. cover. It's it's guaranteed um, block. Yeah, yeah, that which is interesting. I, I I'm not saying it's good or bad or anything, but it's interesting. Um, do you guys want to try to hit Sin and Viper now? No, I've got some interesting to say about Sin. I've heard of, uh, a few places people saying that uh, they're really pleased to see a second Cabal leader. I am too. I think that's great. Uh, and that this really adds a lot of flexibility to Cabal. But in, I've played a, a few games with Sin now. And in my experience, what she wants is very different to what uh, a normal Cabal roster wants. I think the only real pieces that she likes that uh, uh, like a red skull roster likes are probably zemo and enchantress those two are, uh, are good with with anyone really i mean they're just really yeah yeah um, but i think she wants three things 
because uh, if you're taking her, you're really taking her for her leadership. Her damage output is not great. She's not very dependable. She's only got four health on her healthy side. Stealth helps, but uh, there's, there's, there's three things I think she wants when you're building a team, thinking about Sin as your leader. Um, I think you want, probably you want to go, uh, you want to have characters that have got stickability. So someone like Crossbones is great, and there's other synergies with Crossbones. So someone who can go onto a point and stay on a point. Sabretooth is another great example. Someone like Taskmaster would be a, a decent character with her as well. Someone who, uh, when they get within range two, Akoye, another one. Uh, when they get within range two, they're pretty, pretty tanky. Um, the reason for that is, for her leadership to, uh, to trigger, you need to be contesting. You need to be within range two um, or contesting an objective, depending on which half of the leadership you're looking at. And if you're if two characters are contesting an objective, then they have to be within range two of each other because there's one inch to the objective. The objective itself is one inch and then one inch to the second character. That's three inches. Three inches. That's the same as range two. So you want people who are comfortable in close quarters fighting. Uh and who can stay there. So the reason I picked uh, Crossbones and Sabretooth is that they've got this sort of hyper-aggressive, so that if you attack them to push them off, they've got a way of getting back on. Sabretooth's size three, so is immune to things like Valkyrie throwing him off, things like that. So characters that can get onto a point and stay there so that you're getting the benefit of the leadership. So that, that's the first thing I think she wants. She wants characters who can stick on a point relatively well. Uh, the second thing I think she wants is she wants fast characters. When you get people to drop the extracts, you want to be able to go and get them. Uh, so you want to be able to get them and then maybe potentially move away to be out of range of reprisals. So again, Zemo's great there. Uh, and again, Sabretooth is another great candidate. So I think there's some, some real natural synergies in terms of looking at what she wants. And the final thing you want is you want to go first. So that uh, because of the random nature of the leadership, she's going to, uh, you know, if you're lucky, you drop one extract. If you're doing, you know, I mean, if you're really lucky, you get more than one. But, you know, relying, if you're rolling on two or maybe three of them, you can pretty much hope they're going to drop at least one. You want to have priority so that you can go first and go and grab that extract and take it to a place where you're relatively safe with it. So, again, we come back to the synergy with crossbones where you've got uh, priority manipulation. Um, there's a slightly weird thing, though, in terms of crossbow. You have to act with Sin first. And typically, I think Sin, you, uh, going with her first feels weird because the way the superpower is worded. She has to activate, activate the superpower and then crossbow is next again. A lot of the time, that's fine. But sometimes it can cause some weird interactions, in my experience, in the games I've played with her. Uh, the other thing is they have to be within four. So they have to kind of hang out together. And this is the same thing that Corvus and Proxima do. But Corvus and Proxima are both pretty durable. They can You can throw them both into a fight. They both really want to be within range two to use their best attacks. And so they're very happy being close to each other. Whereas Crossbones is definitely a melee brawler, but Sin doesn't have the defenses to keep her alive. She's only like that low health. She's got threes uh, in physical and energy, and she doesn't have any particular defensive tech outside of stealth. Um, so it's a weird situation where you, you end up with, although they look like she's going to synergize the crossbones really well, when you actually put them on the board and play them, you have some difficult situations where you're like, huh, I, I, I want to do this, but I also want to do the exact opposite of this. I want to stay near crossbones, but if I'm too close to crossbones, then I'm in danger. And uh, you get some weird things going on there. So the long story sh short is 
I think she's really interesting bringing a second leadership to Cabal, but I think if you were going to go for it's a mono-Cabal affiliation, thinking, well, I've got a choice of two leaders, I think she wants very different tools to the tools that Red Skull wants to make here the most of what he's what his kit is. So it feels not like a single affiliation. It feels like a dual affiliation that just happened to share some tactics cards, which alleviates that pressure point that you get with dual affiliations of, oh, I've only, I need to fit in all these tactics cards for my affiliations. So maybe it still sees good play, um, but I would approach it. It's not quite like um, like we were talking about with Web Warriors or like you've got with Brotherhood where you can just go, well, I'm going to play Mystique um, and use her leadership on this crisis because I think it's going to be better in this setup. I think Hit and Run plus her, um, her auto pistol is pretty cool. And she doesn't have the wacky, um, you know, X-Men racism where, like, she has to roll a hit to get another shot. She always gets the rapid fire. So like she, um, she can do the hit and run um, off the like second pistol shot, I believe. Right. Cause you can order the trigger. So the rapid fire goes and then with hit and run, you can position to get in, in position for crossbones to do something, you know? All right. Have you tried that? Or you, do you agree with that? I mean, I think hit and run her is pretty cool. It's really cute too. Just the way she works. Um, just in general. Do you want um, her to be within I do agree. three? Because what you want to do is you want to use hit and run to get out of stealth range. Yeah, you want to be, you know, okay, you've moved into three. I'm going to shoot you and then get out of three. But then are you close enough to crossbones to trigger husband and wife? Um, so it just makes for some awkward positioning because crossbone tends to be further forward anyway. If they've engaged sin, uh, for a start, if they've engaged sin, there's a decent chance that she's injured already because she's only got four health. Um, and then you're like, well, okay, do I make sin safe and then not activate crossbones and then sort of give up that priority control, which is 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 really really good. I mean, if you've played Corvus Proxima, that priority control, you just just not, it's yeah, it's fantastic, really good. Um, being able to say, do you know what? I want last activation, so I score the point, or I want first activation next round, so I can pick up the extract. Just having the options there uh, is very powerful. But can you see what I'm saying? That where, how far away do you want her? Well, early on, you're going to probably have her just hold some objective somewhere and not really be doing anything. And then Crossbones is not exactly Speedy Gonzalez, so he's going to be he's going to be back <laughs> kind of anywhere. Like the best Crossbones can do is be halfway across the board, right? <laughs> so, uh, you yeah. know, turn two is when it gets a little bit more interesting on the engagement. But she's probably kind of like you know on the, on like a, a map B, you'd have her on like infinity formula or something but then um, turn two what she she has to activate before crossbones what do you have her doing she's sitting on a back extract no one's within range three yeah um, you probably maybe, don't activate her early you you wait but then you're not activating then you're not activating crossbones early and he's a melee beater with with little um sort of control yeah, powers but, so he's the kind of classic candidate for your early activations Sure, but he's a brawler, which in my definition of that would be he's meant to take hits, hopefully survive, and then return the volley and hopefully do a good job of it, right? So he's kind of bait, if anything. Like, uh, you know, I, that's just generally how crossbones works in my experience. That's it's why how I would play him. Uh, maybe he gets a free aggression uh, off that as well. And so she would do like a move, you know, rapid fire shot, 
and then probably activate crossbones and hopefully crossbones is maybe even been moved because your opponent attacked them and you go from there, you know? Um, I, I, I will just say personally, I've played sin and I did the double date strategy with, uh, sin and crossbones going to a restaurant with, uh, Corvus and Proxima and, uh, it's really fun. Uh, I even played at 20 threat and it was insane. I, it was, um, sin Corvus, you know, uh, Proxima and Crossbones, and then my I had two more characters, which was Mystique and and Baron Zemo, uh, and of course Dark Rain was pretty sweet there since I had four characters that were affiliated. But uh, what was interesting, I just named six characters, and I really was playing four activations, uh, which was kind of cool, <laughs> having so many characters and still stealing priority very often. Um, but you know, in a more normal game, you would have probably uh you know basically 19 threat or lower you would probably just run five characters which is it comes down to three activations and that's crazy like i can't express enough how insane that is i just the fact that you could run a five character list and run it as if you were playing three characters um so i mean it, what i would do in a list like that you know, and I'm not sure exactly, Jacob, the, the strategies you were doing on your version. I, I know some people have talked about Sin being more of a swarmy character with like a swarm, but um, with the way I was doing it is I was like last activating Corvus and I would literally just like double move Corvus into like the opponent's army. And I was like, well, I have a priority, man. Uh, you maybe get one activation to do something to me, but next turn, it, the hurts are coming, you know? And then I would kind of spam activate all the characters so that the next turn I would have priority again. Uh, and, and that felt super strong to the point where it was like, I actually didn't even use her leadership once. And I don't even know if I care. Like, obviously it'd be nice if she had like a, like a sweet leadership. And, and I guess there's some relevance here, but being in range two of things, it's actually more limiting than I realized it would be. Um, and it honestly never came up really. Uh, Cause people were mostly dying. Yeah. Well, I guess then maybe there's an argument for putting it with Red Skull, and you have Sin, Crossbones, Red Skull, Corvus, Proxima. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I'm kind of down on Red Skull, but maybe I've been a little mean to him. I mean, having that teleport. Here's the problem, though. Like, what, a, what does that list look like? Like, I was building, you know, the double date team, and it's like, okay, well, let's see here. Baron Zemo's a great three, and Mystique's a great three in affiliation. And it's like, if I need to add more characters, it's like, well, Enchantress, she's pretty good, I hear. And she's also affiliated with Cabal. Oh, uh, wait, I need a five threat for the next threat value? Uh, I hear Modoc's pretty good. Uh, so, like, I felt like building the team was so obvious. Because once you, and, like, what is it? I think Corvus, Proxima, Sin, Crossbones, plus another character, you can get, oh, because of freaking Bob. Dude, Bob is crazy. Bob is a Cabal member, everybody. You can play 16 threat with the double date. It's so insane. Like, I've always been complaining that Cabal didn't have a two threat. And and now that Bob's in the game, how crazy, starting at 16 threat all the way up, you can play Corvus Proxima. And that, that's crazy. And And then because you're, like, guaranteeing priority, you can play Corvus like a maniac, you know? Corvus often doesn't do anything interesting turn one anyway. So you might as well just jam them in there. Um, I, I found that to be very powerful. I, I feel bad because we should talk about Viper. And I 
uh, I want to just say, like, you mentioned, like, they should go fast. I, I agree. Like, when you look at Viper, I feel like it was the developers saying, hey, let me hint to you how Sin's leadership should work. So, like, okay, we'll give this character, like, um, a long move. And the character has stealth. So, like, you're kind of safe and you can kind of, like, move in and then make them drop their thing. And then she's got the displacement thing. So, you can even, like, free action, go in, grab the thing. I, I will just say too, like, so measuring out this stuff, I guess you have to be range two anyway. So you're range two, you grab the token, then you just run away. And Viper, like, makes sense. She's a long mover. But correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, all that being said, I don't know that I'd ever play Viper. Like, kind of ever. Uh, is there a reason to play Viper? I wish her Assassin's Pistol was five dice. That would probably convince me. Um, but is, is Viper just a bad character? Like, because of thoughts there. Her big problem is you've already and you already touched on this is the the three threat affiliated characters she's going up against. When you're looking in Cabal and going, I need a three threat character. You've got to say, no, I don't want Zemo. No, I don't want Mystique. No, I don't want uh, Sin or, or Crossbones to, to to get that uh, priority manipulation. I'm going to go for Viper. So is she like the the fourth best three threat in affiliation? And is that good enough? So yeah, yeah, she's a decent character, and she, uh, she's kind of like she looks like an objective runner. She's kind of like a souped-up corset Black Widow. She's got a long move. She's got stealth. There's some similarities there. She's a little bit faster because of the displacement ring. Um, maybe she's a decent herb runner. Maybe that's where her niche is because she's got the mm. long move and then the range two place. So she's just a little bit faster. Yeah, um, and the, then you have her with red power. Skull, maybe um, yeah. But uh, with advanced strategy, there's there's ways and means, man. Um, I mean, you could have her as a herb runner in, I mean, because she's faster than Toad. She's like Toad meets Black Core Black Widow. Yeah. It's unfortunate because the way you're describing, too, how, like, you want someone good at being attacked close up. And you, you mentioned, like, well, Mystique, right, has martial artists. And Mystique has stealth, so it's like, and they're both long movers, <laughs> so it's just like, uh. And then Mystique has a better pistol. Um, oh. uh, it doesn't stun. I mean, I'll admit that, but and I, yeah, I Mystique know. has a good tactics card as well. Yeah, it turns out right, and um, I definitely put Deception in this roster because what better way to allow Corvus and Crossbones to kill things than to deceive people, you know, using yep. Deception. So, uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, poor Viper. I just, like, looking at Viper, I, it's like I feel like I understand why she exists and how she was designed. I just feel like other stuff's doing a better job of it. So I don't know that I take it. I don't, I don't know that I take Viper. I do... That being said, though, Sin is cool, and they come in the same box, so you probably end up buying the package anyway. Uh, and I don't know. We could talk about the taxes cards that come with them as well, if you want. Yeah. Uh, so I, I quite like the illicit tech card, the one that gives the the range five, six dice, zero cost builder that actually generates power. So this is the first one of these cards that um, gives an attack that gains power and is a proper like builder attack. I don't know that it's is it good enough. I mean, you've you've got to commit to playing a lot of sin and crossbones, but maybe if you like splooshes, I'm going to jam Corvus in your face a lot and keep priority a lot strategy. Then maybe it does warrant a place there. What I think it does do is give 
something to something for either sin or crossbones to do in round one where otherwise there might just be like hanging out on a on an objective uh you could like move up to one side of a b and then shoot across to somebody who's sat on the other side build some power crossbones in particular really wants that power uh he's got great ways to spend it and it really makes up for his lack of mobility if he's got the power to throw a range three attack which then places him next to the opponent then suddenly he's not very slow so having a good way for crossbones to build power, I can see there's some decent applications of that, and that might make it if you're going for this uh, sort of uh, Splush's double date strategy. Hmm. Um, the only thing I really want to say on the tactic card is um, please don't think that you can place this little token on your opponent's objective and they'll take damage and you won't because it does say all characters will take the damage. So you're not getting scot-free if you're trying to just negate someone from going on to an objective point because uh, you will take the damage too. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I had to say. There. I, think it's, I think it's neat. I think it's cute. Um, I'd be interested to see how people implement it because I know people will take it and I kind of want to see it get played. I just... Yeah. I'm not. So, I'm not. I'm not personally. I didn't really say anything on Sin or Viper just because I'm not really. I played against them a couple times. Um, they're interesting, well, more Sin than Viper. I think. I think I played against. I played against a double date with Splush, and pretty sure I played against you, Jacob, with it as well. Not double date, but I, I was uh, playing Sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're 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 hard. Like they're like Sin is deceptively hard, and I think the biggest thing she has going for her is she surrounds herself with bigger scarier threats that you don't want to take her out so if you really plan on utilizing her leadership to its maximum efficiency um that's where her money is is because besides like the the double date type strategy uh if you're not playing that and you're going like using the leadership um it's just that because like i had no incentive really to take her out and then what was killing me the game was her leadership Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> going back to, to Ash and Cinder, the, the bomb card that you referenced, one cute thing that's uh, has occurred to me is uh it's quite fun with Mystique's leadership. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that you can like put a token down and then walk away from it and then put a bomb on it and go, You want that point? Come and get it. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Certainly uh, a lot of commitment. Yeah, I, I think it's probably more cute than good, but it's a fun little interaction that uh, I wanted to point out. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is, like, if you just, like, tick, like, do tick damage on someone, like, you don't quite kill them, but they're near a point, and you just put it on that point, then it's like, well, either I get dazed and I don't get the point, or I run away and sacrifice the point. The downside of that is you have to place the bomb at the start of the activation phase. It's like yeah. a Doom Prophecy kind of kind of deal. It's a lot of projection. Yeah. I do like the gun on uh, Infinity Formula. You can get the three power you need, turn one, and then the next turn she can do, or Sin can do the shot plus a hit and run off that. Right? I'm almost positive that's legal. Yeah, uh, yeah it's an attack action. So, yeah. Just, uh, and you'll probably get your power back, hopefully, and then she can move in and do some more pistol work and then get crossbones in there next. Um, to hopefully finish things up. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. I 
I like what you say because I like I think this might be one of the first of this kind of cards that are going to sell me, and perhaps a lot of it is because you can gain power off the attack. I think that's so huge. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, having a range five attack at six dice also is insane. I mean, she's a three threat character, so you're putting out sort of like above your weight class damage. Uh, I, I think seems good to me. I, I definitely think illicit tech is on my like worth trying list. And again, uh, you know, we just had a ban restricted list update, so all of a sudden there's more slots available than we've ever had. So, yeah, maybe there's an opening. All right. Um, so one last thing that we kind of want to mention on today's episode is just a huge thank you to like everybody who's a listener, of course, um, but also to the Patreons because we're going to be using um, some of the money from the Patreon to get Jacob that mic that everybody keeps asking us to get. <laughs> so hopefully <laughs> on the next episode, Jacob will have a better quality mic and um, you guys will be the first to hear it, of course. Yeah. And uh, how much longer until you're back into the United States of America? Um, shoot. Maybe just under two months. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Well, it's getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. De- deployment Blizzard is still a thing for a little longer. <laughs> but uh, I-, I will be eager to get us all back and running on a, a nice tight ship with high quality microphones. <laughs> Yes, it'll be way better. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of The Danger Room. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something to level up your next game. You can reach out to us on our Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. The links will be in the description. We have a questions channel on our Discord, so feel free to drop us some questions in there, and we'll answer them on the show. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. If you're liking what you hear, leave a rating or comment, or even both. We appreciate any feedback to help us grow and become a better group to bring you the best quality content that we can. See you next time in the Danger Room. Simulation complete.